Hi, Chris Valentin here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we learn, well, you, where we help you learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And I have today uh, Jamelia. No, it's Jamela. Yes, Jamela. And you've been you've been with us forever, but yes. I've been pronouncing your name wrong <laughs> the whole time. And this right. is the first time you corrected me. Right, Jamela. Right, there he goes, That's Jamela right. Page. You're a wife, a mom. Your husband's an engineer. Mm-hmm. You've been married for how long? Twenty years in April. And you got four, four chil- children's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Four children. <laughs> and how old are they? So Drew is 28. He's married to Lindsay. Jazz is 24. Uh, Ray- Ooh, Joy is 19. You're asking moms. Come on. And Rachel is 16. So how many at home? Two at home still. You so got two at home. Joy just and, graduated. And just one's married. And just one's married. And have yet to produce. Yet to produce. The grandchild. Right. Okay, well... He said, though, when they got married, he was like, I'm going to wait 12 years. It's like, what? No, you got it. That's bad doctrine. <laughs> That's just bad doctrine right well, there. Well, now they don't want to wait, but oh, some, some things good. came up. They oh, have to. so some guys came up. <laughs> that you didn't inspire any of that, I'm no, sure. No. no. We're like, bring the babies. Bring We're the ready. Come on, let's do this right now. Yeah, grandbabies are so much better than, you know, children. That's what I heard. Grandchildren. Send them home. Yeah. So like, Give them all the candy. There it is. All get the them all hyped up. Raisins. Yeah, yeah. And you know what happens is you get back from all the days they torment you and do it to them. Yeah, excellently. It's called reciprocation. Right. That's well, exactly. I'm right. almost there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And okay, so you're on our staff. Mm-hmm. You're one of our. You're one of our revival group leaders, but you're also one of our leaders mm-hmm. that help oversee our whole culture. Mm-hmm. And you came to Ready. Tell, tell us your story. So Rich and I uh, were living in Seattle raising our kids. And I had a diagnosis of fibroid tumors in my uterus that left me in excruciating pain um, once a month. I'll spare you yeah. those details. And then uh, a, friend, right, a, a friend of mine said, you should come down to Bethel. And she was so faithful to the teachings and coming down. And I'd heard about it was singing the songs as a worship leader, Come on. but had never been here. And so she talked me into it. My mother helped pay for it. So on the plane I was, came down, went to everything. Friday night service, Seth Dahl was speaking. Saturday morning healing rooms, and then all the services on Sunday. Which, fun fact, that was 2016. And it happened to be when, um, oh, I believe her name is Karen, and she, she oversees the Kingdom Choir in the UK. Oh, yeah. So she and her choir were here that Sunday. Wow. And they were singing. Um, and I remember Bill Johnson said, man, we're too white. <laughs> this is the way it's supposed did to be. Did he say that? He did. Yeah. He said, we're too white. This is the way it's supposed to be in the kingdom. And I just thought that was such a God kiss. But back to the reason I came. I went into every prayer line praying for healing. Uh, Sunday night, went into the fire tunnel, walk out of the fire tunnel, Bam, get hit with the pain all over again. I'm like, what is this? And I'm arguing with the Lord in my mind, like, you know, you brought me here. I stood in every line. I've done everything. I've heard all these testimonies. Why won't you heal me? And 
Uh, I got in the car. As you can see, I'm very talkative, and I was silent because I'm in my head, frustrated with God. Uh, my friend who brought me, she could feel it. The tension just was building inside of me. So we get to the house we were staying in, which was filled with BSSM students. And uh, I finally said to her, okay, Julie, I'm in excruciating pain. If it continues by the morning, I won't be able to walk and we won't be able to go home. She said, okay, let's get you inside and pray. So go inside. They lay me on the floor. Yes, some students crowd around me. Oh, yeah. Lay hands. You're like ants. For real. Yeah. Like, well, like ferocious ants going yeah. chomping at the bit to get to it. And so they laid hands on me, and I heard the Lord. And he said to me, I will heal you. The pain was completely gone, and all I could feel was the tumor. You could still feel the tumor. I could still feel it. And I used to cup it in my hand every morning just to see if it was growing. Yeah. You know, just to gauge where wow, it was. Wow, that and all is that. intense. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So the next morning, I was startled out of my sleep because I felt an absence of all pain and all pressure, and I start poking. I don't know if it was the moment that God healed me or what, but I just remember being startled out of my sleep because I knew something had happened in my wow. body. I start poking, it was completely gone. Wow. Completely. And now medically gone. Medically gone. Wow. Everything about my cycle went from abnormal back to better than normal. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. It was awesome. And so that That's was That's a like, great introduction right there. For real. Like, oh, what is Bethel? <laughs> oh, now I know. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Start uh, listening to A woman with an argument has no power over a woman with an experience. That's right. There you go. And that's, that's Acts 4. Yeah, there, that's it right Whether there. Whether it's lawful for me to obey you or God, you judge, but I can only tell you what I've heard and seen. Exactly. Man. So I started I like the blind man who gets healed, and they're, they're like, yeah, we know this man is not a, a, a believer. And they're like, well, whether he's a believer or not, I don't know. But one thing I know is I was blind, and now I see. For real. And so that was my story. Yeah. I started listening to everything. Found out about you. <laughs> started oh, man, listening I'm sorry. to your messages. That, no, they were great. I, I realized I was a prophet because I started learning what prophecy was. Yeah. Um, Bill talking about the nature of the kingdom and God. Um, so podcasts, every weekend video watching, every song that was put out on YouTube, listening to on repeat. And then I found out about worship school. Because I'm a worship leader. And so I thought, well, okay, I'm really going to get serious about bringing the kingdom wherever I am. <laughs> Came to worship school, had my first open vision in one of the worship You had an session. open vision when you saw it with your eyes? I saw it with my eyes. Wow. I was sitting on the floor of the main sanctuary at College View. And I've, I felt the Lord come and scoop me up. I both felt and saw. He scooped me up and he took me up through the ceiling, up into the cosmos. Is this too weird for your podcast? <laughs> no, it's not. No, anybody who follows me is no, good. No, it's weird He's about good. that life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in this, in the hands of God, and we get up into the cosmos. He puts me in a bubble because you can't breathe in space. And he says to me, I'm going to show you how I see you. I've never heard the story, you know that No, way. no, I've never gotten to tell you. So I'm up in this bubble, and next thing I know, he takes his hands, and I see them come into himself. Uh, I never saw his face. I only saw his hands, and I felt like I was put into his heart. But I could see myself through his eyes. So I could feel what was happening in my body, but I could see myself through the Lord's eyes. And I, 
all of a sudden erupted into this ball of light. And he said to me, he said, you look up and you admire the stars, but to me, you are the moon and the stars. And I just felt the intense love of God. You are the moon and the star. Jesus said, you are the moon moon and the stars. stars Like, this is how much I love you. Yes. This is what I think about. I'm in awe of you. Wow. You you captivate me. Oh, my gosh. You need to know how I think about you, how I see you. Um, And it was then I realized I was living well beneath my spiritual means. Wow. There was so much power. And I, and I felt the eruption and I saw it. I saw myself so full of his light. And then he started talking to me about diamonds and about being cut with the facets of the Lord so that the light he shines in us is able to refract out. Yeah, reflect. Mm-hmm. And reflect and, and refract. Refract, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, that's crazy. It changed my life. And I left that worship school in 2016 saying, Lord, if there's any way for me to move here, because we had kids and we had houses and cars and jobs and everything. Yeah, your husband's in the aerospace industry, not exactly a writing, you know, not exactly a writing industry. Yeah. So the Lord worked it out a year later. Uh, There's so many miracles in that story. Yeah. But uh, a year later, he had spoken to Rich. We both came into agreement. He miraculously sold our house in the middle of the depression. I don't know. Yeah. What do they call that? Was 24, it a depression? It was a recession, I recession. think. Recession. Yeah. And, um, and we were told we'd have to pay to get out of our house, but we sold it for a profit. Wow. We were able to move here. I remember I met you in 2016 because you used to do pool parties at your house. Yeah, yeah. School. Yeah. And it was just a high and buy in 2016. But in 2017, I came back to worship school before we officially moved. And you and I sat at your dining table. Yeah. And you said to me, um, so tell me about yourself. You have a family. And I told you about us. And I told you, um, I just had an interview for BSSM. I'm going to come to school. He said, you said, well, I'm going to be your papa. Yeah. And um, well, I believed you. And you've been that ever since. That's beautiful. It was so powerful. You sat down and you talked to me about the nature of Reading's demographics. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely not the African-American or black capital of the world. Right. right? And that, that, that'd be Atlanta has pretty that. much <laughs> understatement right there, right? Yeah. And we don't really have black. Well, let's say it's, it's moved a lot. Like the needle's moved a lot. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's, this is a black cultural city. No. Yeah. No, it's not a multicultural city. No, it's not. No, we have multi. We have lots of cultures, but well, lots of, lots of ethnic groups because of the school. Mm-hmm. But we don't really have a multicultural city yet. Yes, which yeah. is what we're we're working towards. Right, and yeah. and typically you see someone if you see someone who is not white in yeah. Reading, you you kind of know what brought you here. Yeah, they're from the school ministry, mm-hmm. right? Or exactly. if they have an accent, right? Exactly. If they got if they got dark brown skin or black skin or, or they're Asians, we're like, oh, this has got to be from school ministry. Typically, yeah. because yeah. it's pretty much, this was a cowboy town 30 years ago. Right. Right. I th- did, was there like gold mining? It was mining something? and lumber. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a complete white city, completely white. I mean, honestly, for the first five years, I don't think we had a black student in our school. I don't, I, I don't, I can't remember if we did. So that that's how bad, that's how that's how it is. How, like, yeah. yeah I, and then homogenous, we'll say homogenous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, it took some time for us to 
start to reach out beyond our white community because mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't know we didn't, we didn't speak in black churches we didn't mm-hmm. we weren't part of any black movement I mean we knew, we had some back you know some friends who were black of course right. Joseph Garlington and stuff but I mean it wasn't a part of our our movement mostly moved around among the the blue collar white uh, uh, white your church friends. yeah your friends yeah your friends in ministry yeah yeah and so, that's I mean that's true across the church everywhere. period yeah yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing, but it's changing. Yeah, it's changing. So you uh, you you cultivate a lot of you know what's the words we had here? Various cultures, generations of people. You you um, you're you're not our. I, I said this to you from the very beginning when I hired you. Like mm-hmm. you're not our token black person on staff. Well, we have lots of black people on our mm-hmm. staff now. Yeah. But also, but but because I, I put you on the team because of the favor and anointing on your life. Mm-hmm. But you do, you do tend to be shepherding a lot of the cultural mm-hmm. dynamics of students, not just black students, but the students who have your same story in that their culture isn't our culture, right? right? Whether it's whether it's Asian people come here from Asia, right. or even Europeans who come here, right? Who they 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 don't fully fit, right? And so you're in that. You're in that conversation a lot with students, right? Yes. Yeah. So what is, what's it take? Like, what do you, what's it take to, what, you know, you know, you know, to to bring like some homogenation, some culture, some peace, and you know, and then in the midst of the Black Life Life Matters or, or I'd say the social justice issue, yes, and we had all that tension going on, and you know, the staff and students trying to navigate all that 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 you know craziness, you know, yes, some yeah. of it was craziness, you know. You you were like our captain of our ship and mm-hmm. helping us through the, that storm with our students, uh, not just with the black students, but also the Asian students and all of these mm-hmm. different students who were experiencing a ton of pain. Right. And then and then it, they happened to be at a school that's you know that's culture. Now now we got lots of ethnic groups, but it's culture still pretty much white middle American blue collar. Yeah, I would say it's. You're right. It's the uh, the predominant ethnicity mm-hmm. at Bethel is the white. Yeah, it's culture. our culture, right? It's the, at least the culture. I think we have a kingdom culture. Yeah, but we we have most of the the influential voices into that culture are white. Yeah, and and, and how does that? Why does that matter? Like from you know, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question. Like, why does it matter? How does it affect? How does it affect all these folks coming from different countries? How do, how does it, and, and then what do we do about that? Because yeah. I'm sure there's lots of leaders here that that's their same experience, right. and it's not it's not necessarily because that's what they want. It's right. you tend to attract who you are, not who you want, right? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I think the reason it's important is yeah. because uh, it's important to God. Yeah. You can't find an instance in the in Scripture where He wasn't thinking of all peoples. Mm-hmm. So that to me tells me it was always in his mind that we would look different. And, you know, in terms of what happened in 2020, the summer of 2020 yeah. with George Floyd's um, death, yeah. um, it sent me on a journey. Tension. Yeah. Because because there were so many people hurting. I myself was hurting, yeah. um, feeling afraid to walk outside yeah. because of the way that people tend to prejudge based on appearance. Yeah, and especially being in a white community right. as a black person. So they yeah. would assume that I was okay with what I was seeing around yeah. the nation and actually internationally. Yeah. Um, when I was not. 
I yeah. was not happy about the way that communities were being destroyed and um, anger was winning out over sensibility. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. The way the, the, the reaction to the pain was irrational and, and hurtful. I felt not, so. not, not helping. I felt so. Yeah. Most certainly. So, yeah. um, so I wanted a safe place to, to kind of just process and then, and then being approached as the expert. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, is anyone an expert when we've had this issue in this country alone for 400 years? Yeah. I don't think anybody has the right to claim that badge. Yeah. Because we would not be here. <laughs> if someone was an, if expert, someone was we'd an be, expert, we'd be out of this situation, right? Exactly. Your point. Yeah. So my, my first thing was to do exactly what we know, what we taught, what our culture does here at Bethel. We seek the Lord. Yeah. God, what are you doing? Um, I remember you always say, the dogs of doom lay at the door of destiny, yeah. right? And so I'm like, okay, the enemy is barking at unity. He's barking at our ability to love one another, see one another the way you made us. So it must mean that that's what you're after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that saying has taught me to look at where the enemy's snarling and find the promise of God that he's trying to keep you from. So good. So I asked him, what do you say? So I started wanting to get all these books because we were having conversations, um, meeting with the black staff members and then the larger Bethel community of of black members and hearing what they have been feeling, um, how they had felt like they had to stifle their identity as black people, their cultural expression. Um, And I thought, so somehow, some way, God, you have an answer, and I don't know what it is. Um, I knew vilifying one side or the other was not yeah, God's no, way. That, that ain't going to work. And yeah. I remember one morning he woke me up. He showed me the visual of what I imagined Joshua 5 looked like. When he came up, saw a man standing with sword drawn, <laughs> and he walks up to him. They're about to embark on the conquest of the promise. And he says to this figure, are you for our adversaries or are you for us? And that figure turned out to be the angel of the Lord. Yeah. And the angel of the Lord responds, no. (laughs) But as commander of the army of, of God, I have now come. And the very first order was take your sandals off your feet because this is holy ground. And Joshua's response was to do more than that. He worshiped. And so I understood the Lord was saying, I'm not on a side. Yeah. I'm on a takeover. Yeah. And if you listen to me, I'll show you what to do. Um, so I started trying to learn by reading the books, by just acquiring them. You know, there's books out there with titles that were, were trigger words. Yeah. Trigger words. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean, <laughs> especially in those, in those really volatile days. Yes. And yeah. so they were being elevated because they're the books that are out there. Yeah. They're the only ones written uh, up until that point. Yeah. Um, but they were so, um, there was, they were so divisive. They, they just, they, they caused you to look at one person as an enemy. Yeah. In order to build up identity or look at one person as a victim. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. Every and of course, time, some of that's true, right? I mean, there's, there's enough truth there. That makes it... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there's always a little truth in there. Right. Right? Unfortunately, that's yeah, how I the mean, enemy works. Even the devil. I mean, he often uses scripture against you, right? So right. it's like, 
So, you know, as we're talking, I was thinking, like, I've read a, I read a couple of those books, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, you know, it's like you can't walk away going, I don't agree with any of that because there's there's, there's elements there. of truth in there, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. So, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to buy these books. Nothing worked. They were either out of stock or my credit card, which I knew had money on it, wouldn't work or go through. I'm like, what is going on? And the Lord said to me, I don't want you to learn from them. Wow. I want you to learn from me. So I started reading every scripture on um, the Lord mentioning people groups, the Lord mentioning the nations, promises he made to the fathers of our faith. And I could not find a reference from God's lips about race. Anytime he related to people, he related to them based on their familial relationships. Yeah. You are the son of yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, I am the God of Israel, Isaac and Jacob talking yeah. about fathers, yeah. um, talking about a people group whose name would become the name of their patriarch. So the Israelites, yeah. the Canaanites, yeah. um, all of them, I'm sure, you know, having a racial, racial identity, yeah. but not one given by God. Yeah. Like they're like more like tribal. Yes, exactly. Based on your birth order and yeah. based on your fathers. Yeah. So then I start digging a little bit more and realize that the Israelites were actually multiracial. Oh, yeah. They, they were, weren't they? <laughs> I didn't know that because the church doesn't I, teach I on this. I never thought of that, actually. So learning about how Egypt handled conquest, we know the Israelites lived there for 400 years. Yeah. Um, they would, Egypt would go out, conquer these nations, take the best and the brightest and bring them in and train them. If they were descendants of nobility in their former countries, mm-hmm. then, or nations, I'll say, in their former nations, then they would become part of nobility in Egypt. Yeah. And they had Kushites, which are believed to be the black people group of yeah, the biblical I've, times. I've heard that too. Um, they were... Um, Arabic, there were Semitic, which is where the Jews would have come from. All of these groups having different racial identities. Wow. And, of course, I mean, if you think about how you would treat, um, less, for, for lack of a better word, the way you would treat livestock, you yeah. don't put a brown cow in a pen with only brown cows. Yeah. You mix them all up. Yeah. And they mate, and they have babies, and they are prolific because they are the same cross pollinating yeah. right so in in Egypt when they would have the slaves um, they would put them all in the same area so more than a biological identity the Israelites became a theological community with mul- with multi different color skin so right. to speak yeah. so you and, were and an Israelite because you believed in the one true god of the Israelites got it and that's what made you a son of Israel, which is beautiful because today that's what makes us the sons of Abraham. Yeah. Is our faith. So good. We've been grafted in. Yeah. And so nobody's teaching this. Nobody's telling us, well, what people are teaching is that the Israelites were all black or they weren't black at all. Yeah. But they were everything. Yeah. Because Egypt was conquering everywhere. Yeah, they were mixing the races. They were mixing all the ethnic and tribal groups. And it's right there in the scripture. Wow. Where God, even in the Mosaic law, had requirements for how to treat the foreigner. Yeah. 
that you would treat them with kindness and you would honor them as if they were brothers as long as they believed in God and lived according to the law. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. So even in the old covenant, there was a place for the Gentiles, which we see with Ruth. Yeah, when they've been integrated in. Yes. Already integrated through. Yeah, most it starts with slavery, but yes. integrating. Yeah. So I think the powerful thing there was it set me on this course of realizing oh, as a black person in the world, history had taught me that my identity started at the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. But it didn't. Yeah. It started way before that. Wow. Just like the Israelites' identity started way before their Egyptian enslavement. Yeah. Their identity started with one man's faith. Yeah. So wow. that's where wow. I'm, I'm now stuck in this place of, okay, how do I communicate it in a way that we take back the narrative yeah. of what family is and the fact that race is a man-made construct and that according to our God-given identity, it is not a dividing line. Wow, that's so powerful. It's actually a facet of God. And I look like him, and you look like him, and an Asian person looks like him. Yeah. That, that we all refract a form of light of that divinity yeah. that he placed in us when he said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Yeah. I kind of pointed a piece of this out when talking about gender. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've said, and, uh, like Eve, Adam and Eve, well, she wasn't called Eve then, but man and woman right. were made in the image of God. Right. So it wasn't like... The man Adam was and Eve wasn't. Right. Which means if Eve was made in the image of God and Adam was made in the image of God and Adam and Eve were, you know, uh, they're, they're, I think the word in the Hebrew is corresponding or opposite of mm. Adam wasn't Eve and Eve wasn't Adam, but they were both made in the image of God. Right. Therefore, God cannot just be male. That's right. And why that's important is because men and women are not inter- interchangeable according right. to God. Right. So if men and women aren't interchangeable and Adam was made in his image, but so was Eve, then God is not just male. He has to be male and female, Mm -hmm. not from the standpoint of reproducing, but from the standpoint of image. Right. So if you oppress women, you lose half the revelation of the nature of God. Right. His his nurturing, uh, his uh, tenderness, his um, intuition, his feminine oh. intuition. Just yeah. all, yes, all yeah. of that, right? Yeah. In fact, he's called El Shaddai, and that means multi-breasted one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a feminine, even a feminine name of God. Right. So uh, it, it's it's one piece of what you're saying. So it's not just ethnic groups; it's also gender. Right. Because you know, if you've been in the church for very long, especially from gen- the last, you know, three or four, probably from the beginning, actually. But it's there's this thing about women, mm. you know, that they're kind of, it's kind of gotten better to have, it's okay to have women on your team as long as they don't lead men or as long as they don't. It's like you can be a queen, but you can't be an elder in the church. Right. It's like, <laughs> and God, you know, we're all honored Esther and Deborah, the judge, and all and these. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, all these people. <laughs> But but you can't you can't be an elder in the church, right? Just you know this like incongruity from the misunderstanding of the scriptures often, right? But you know, but also little by little, we're reducing 
the the validity and the value of women right and don't even realize that we're losing half the nature of the of, of, the God, God, of Godhead of God himself yeah 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 and the same with ethnicity right ethnicity yes ethnicity how do you say it ethnicity ethnicity yeah mm-hmm. same same situation right mm-hmm. if you you disregard a black person or an Asian person or you think well God's like a white guy or God's like an American white guy. Right. You know, and then, and then it's like, yeah, he is, but that's not the full revelation of God. facet of him. Yeah, yes. exactly. I, I have not, um, I'm still in the journey. Yeah. 100%. I can see there's are. a book coming from you, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but, but I think that to see you, uh, a, a white male, there is an aspect of your racial ethnic, um, gender identity that is speaking to me about who God is. Yeah, exactly. I can say, in my experience, you have been a father. Yeah. You have been a champion. You have been a protector, a covering. And those are things that are aspects of who God is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and of course, I'm picking, you know, really generic things yeah. um, because that, that can be true of a black male and a black female or any type of person. But, but in terms of your ability to use um, the platform that God's given you and make space for others who don't have, haven't had the experience or the opportunity to, to build one of the same stature is a form of God, Jesus. Yeah. The Bible says he counted it, not robbery to be equal with God. That's a platform. Yeah. And yet to to give that up to come and make us one with him. Yeah. To bring us to the place where we are seated next to him in the heavenlies. That's, That's what you're doing. That's so an aspect beautiful. of God. And it's what we're doing together, right? Now right. we're now we're building this in my mind. I mean, this is a you know, twenty year journey, right? It's right. not gonna happen tomorrow. It but took four hundred years to get here. It's four hundred years to get here, <laughs> exactly. So we're on this journey to see like multi ethnic but multicultural yeah tribal kind of embracing of the, the the image of God through many different facets of of, uh, of people groups and ethnic groups and gender and all of the above and seeing the beauty like we have the mind of Christ not me like we right. together have the mind of Christ and we are his temple we are his temple and so you're maybe a window and I'm a a, a, a a pew I don't know but but the point is we can't be I can't be his temple yeah we together collectively are his temple and that's why it's important just to answer the first question <laughs> that is so beautiful we're already out of time we're gonna have to have another one of Shoot. these dialogues and we'll do part two because mm-hmm. this is we're just getting warmed up yeah because my next question is like okay so these are all like philosophies now mm-hmm. now the next big question is right so how do we integrate this and activate this in our cultures, in our homes, how do we raise our children with these values? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we have a multi-ethnic experience in a church that isn't? How do we have a multi-ethnic? Did I saying it right? Ethnic yes. Yes. experience in a in a city that isn't? How do we, how do we listen? How do we, how do we value somebody that has a different perspective because they've walked a different walk than we do, which mm-hmm. is. Should be beautiful, right? Right. This is this is going to be our next our next podcast. We'll do that. Let's make it happen. Hey, can you pray right now? Because I mean, there's a ton of people. This will be watched over and over on YouTube, 
and there's there's a ton of people with you know the you know everywhere from the the angst people who are are watching this just angry that we're even having this conversation and then there's a lot of other people who are like i gosh this is my struggle mm-hmm. you know i lead these people a job in my job or my 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 church or whatever and i and i, I you know i'm trying to keep everybody happy you know mm-hmm. that you know the, how that goes yeah. that's you fail from the start that <laughs> just the idea that you're going to try to keep everybody happy is a complete failure yeah and, uh, and you're trying to be understanding. So what, would you just pray right now for yes, that? Yeah. Lord, we honor you for, first of all, giving us your son. Yeah. Leveling the field of mm-hmm. faith so that we could all come to know you and be filled by you and, 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 and re- represent you, expose the world to the God mm-hmm. who created it and loves it deeply. God, I pray that you would give us continued wisdom, that we would continue to unlock the truth of this beautiful gift of diversity you've mm-hmm. given the world. Yeah. In every race, every people group, every language, mm-hmm. every tribe, God, we honor you. You have put yourself in us. We are facets of your glory. So help us to unlock it. And God, I pray for peace mm-hmm. in every heart that endeavors to know you deeper in this subject. I pray that your peace would permeate all of the lies about our identity that the enemy has whispered. I pray that your peace would would quell any uh, angst or mm-hmm. argument between brethren. Yes, Lord. I pray, God, that you would teach us that unity is the beginning of mm-hmm. the victory you intend for us. Thank you, Lord. You are unifying your body. Help us to walk it out mm-hmm. in joy and solidarity. Yes, Lord. We honor you. We thank you for all you're doing and you're teaching us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for thank you me. so much for watching this. Um, you know, you can check out Bethel.com. You can check out KVMinistries.com. You can also check out BSSM.com. All of these will get you pretty much the same place um, if you're interested in coming to school ministry or Bethel Church or KV Ministries. Um, love to have a conversation with you. Thank you again for being on. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelton.com. Have an awesome day.